Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only podcast that says Funkin' go somewhere else. We're Munkin' over here. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? I'm great, Jake. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, a little fun fact that should surprise no one is I've never once come up with the intro before I started doing the podcast. Uh, every okay, time. I was going to say, you like managed to like do something different this time. I mean, I try to do something slightly different each time, It's but emphasis on slightly. Um, anyway, speaking of slightly different, we're not just dealing with the normal detective this episode, right? No, we're, we're talking another about detective. It. It's Mr. What's, yeah. what's this episode? Uh, it's Mr. Monk and the other detective. And that other um, detective is played by one Jason Alexander. Um, talk to me a little bit about what your experience with uh, Jason Alexander, who plays Marty Eels in this episode. Uh, yeah, you know, I've met him before. Um, really nice guy, so I was very excited. Uh, when did you Jason meet Alexander. him? I mean, I've never met Jason Alexander. Go into details. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I used to work at Jamba Juice from when I was, like, I don't know, uh, 18 to, like, 20, maybe? Mm-hmm. And he came into my spot once, in my location, and he was a really nice guy. Uh, very personable, very uh, normal person. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I uh, never met Jason Alexander. Um, obviously, very famous. Don't ask me. Guy. Don't ask me what he ordered, because I don't fucking remember. But I, I wasn't, think it was something I, that's... Honest, I wasn't going to ask, actually. Um, okay, alright. But, uh, I only, I only was gonna say, even though, yeah, he was on Seinfeld for a million years, for some reason, I just can't, anytime I think of him, whenever I think of him older than Seinfeld, I think of him in the 2001 film Shallow Hal, in which his character has a tail. Um, great stuff. I, I like that. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, I'm sure it is. I, 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 I've seen it, I, I, I think we watched it, um, in, like, early April or something like that. No, no, it was before that. It was like February or whatever. Um, we were hanging out, me and my brothers and a friend, and uh, it parts of it hold up, and that like the visual gags, even though they're offensive, are like still really funny. Like the bit on the boat where the canoe is tipped over to the one side completely is, I think, still one of the best visual gags in the history of comedy. Um, yeah, yeah. And what I what I, I came in with this thesis, in the I, history of comedy. He I says. mean. Think about it. It is a perfectly skinny woman who is on one side of a canoe and Jack Black on the other, and Jack Black is like five feet in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Now I, I, now I kind of want to watch that movie. But anyway, what I was going to say is a, a take I had had partially as a joke beforehand was because that's directed by the Fairley Brothers, right? And one of the Fairley Brothers also directed Green Book, which is an abomination of a movie. And I had said that Shallow Hal, even though it is deeply offensive, has a better and more coherent social message than Green Book does. And honestly, watching Shallow Hal again, it absolutely does. It has, it has a much more meaningful message that actually is not, like, dumb than Green Book. Anyway. Um, I've never yeah. seen Green Book. I, I think it's I wouldn't recommend it. I, uh, yeah, I j- the last three years I've tried to watch every Best Picture nominee. And ha- had I not made that uh, choice, I would not have watched it. Um, okay, okay, real quick, real quick. Would you yeah. say it's better or worse than Crash? I've never seen Crash, seen Crash because I oh! didn't have that. I'm, I'm going to watch Crash at some point. It's just like, why would I do it's that? It's fucking bad, it. dude. I know it is. That's why I haven't watched it. If I thought it was good, I would have seen it. Okay, fair Anyway, so our friend Harold, frumpy man, comes in early to his jewelry store. You knew this guy was, un- was, was pressed the moment you saw him, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and the security guard noticeably, uh, he tells, he, he's noticeably pressed. You could tell, and the security guard, he thinks something's up, and he's right. Yeah, because he says that Peggy's not with him. Now, obviously, because he says Peggy, you would assume that Peggy is a person. We later find out right. Peggy's a dog. Um, but uh, Harold comes in, he opens up his jewelry store, and he uh, starts stealing stuff from his own jewelry store. So you know that someone, something's getting. They're, they're, he's under some pressure. He's like, it's a, it's the scheme is pretty obvious. Yes. Yeah, it's true. And um, well, I mean, and, actually, you know, I, I forgot to ask because I knew already. Was it clear to you that he was being like forced to do that, or do you think he was doing it because he was trying to steal for himself? I knew he was being forced. Yeah, but also I was very. Yeah, and also I was just very shocked by the fact that they just keep the jewelry like just in the cases, like in in the you know yeah, in the, that in the display cases. Well. 
And it does not, it's not even necessary because he does have access to the safe. Right. And then he cleans it all out and he brings it all out in like a tiny bag. I'm like, dude, it looked like he put way more in there than, yeah. than that bag. I actually once listened to a podcast. Um, I think it was part of the I Survived podcast, which is just the show I Survived in a podcast form, where a woman basically had that exact thing happen to her but with a bank. Where, but it was her daughter too, where her daughter was all kidnapped at her house and they made her go into the bank and uh, rob it. Which, that's gotta be stressful, honestly. Um, you know? It's really hard to keep it together, especially because yeah. I'm assuming, unlike this one, somebody else would have been inside the bank. Uh, yes. Although they ended up, she ended up alerting her boss and they ended up uh, saving the. And it turns out that the dynamite that was strapped to her daughter was actually just uh, uh, wood. Road flares? No, it was wood. But also, oh, okay. but I'll be honest with you, if someone's pointing a gun to your face and says they're strapping dynamite onto you, I really don't blame you for believing them. <laughs> like, not at all. You're not going to be like, that's, I don't think that's dynamite. Anyway. Um, so, uh, he's, you know, he goes back to the car, Harold, and he's got the jewels, and he's, you know, exchanging it for Peggy. And then Paul comes and he fucks it up for everyone. That's what I have in my notes. I'm sorry, Paul, but you fucked it up. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have the names of any of these people. I didn't really get that. But, yeah, the security guard circles yeah. back and, you know, tries to play the hero and ends up being the fucking Zero. Wow. See, this is that's the poetry. I mean, I'll be honest with you, this is kind of a reversal, reversal episode because I have the names written down and you have yeah. the crazy quips. I guess I got Hercules in my mind, the animated movie. Ah, right, 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 right. Um, but did James Wood say something racist on Twitter again? Uh, no, but for whatever reason, I always, okay, because I remember when that movie came out, there was a, there was a promotion at McDonald's for a triple cheeseburger, and I always remember thinking that was fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before In-N-Out, obviously. And, and I remember that the tagline for the movie was from zero to hero yeah. or some shit like that. I just realized, too, that, um, it just occurred to me for the first time. Actually, wait, no. Who, who plays Hercules in the Hercules movie? Oh, it's Tate Donovan. I was thinking it was Kevin Sorbo, but he played him. He played him on television. Because I was going to oh, say, are we talking more MAGA assholes? Than yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say how crazy would be if both of them ended up being MAGA guys on Twitter. Anyway, uh, I'll so, leave Scott Bayo to play fucking yeah. uh, whatever the side character, the yeah. pan guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm pretty sure it's Danny DeVito. But it is. Yeah. No, it is Danny DeVito. I know. Because um, I know that he. For some reason, he was one of the actors who reprised his role for Kingdom Hearts, which is always strange to see what actors did and what actors didn't. Like, James Woods yeah. did. Tate Donovan didn't. I remember Robin Williams didn't, obviously, for uh, the genie. But somehow they got Dan Castellaneta, who plays Homer Simpson, to do it. So it's like, oh, we got another. Really? <laughs> yeah, they just, I mean, that dude, the Kingdom Hearts cast is stacked. Like, they, a lot of the people who were not the main people, it's like. David Boreanaz. Yeah. That. I mean, man. This uh, shots Kingdom Hearts. What an incredible love that game. Master. The first one. I only played that one. Yeah. After that, the lore gets so crazy. But just the idea of imagine being the person, and we'll get back to the episode in a second, guys. But imagine being the person who goes into, for a pitch meeting where it's like, okay, Walt Disney, you have all these properties that are super celebrated, people love. What if we were to make a game where we mash them up with Final Fantasy and a related properties characters? Anyway, crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Monk is at the scene, and he can't. He can't focus. Um, yep. And whereas when I can't focus, it's usually because I didn't sleep at all the night before. Monk is a different issue. Yeah, he's got a dog shit issue. He can't focus with a piece of dog shit all around him. Which, you know, if you've been to San Francisco lately, it's a lot of that around. I mean, I uh, I, I live in New York, and so I can say I can say you just kind of ignore it. It's just not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and honestly, it, it dog shit is the best pick case scenario. Honestly, in some neighborhoods. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. There's I've a lot seen of a man. Kind of I've seen a man pull down his pants and poop on the sidewalk. Um, there, okay, there's a person like really close to my office that's literally known as like the shitter because mm-hmm. he always like pulls his pants down in between cars and just lets it rip. I mean, shouts. I've seen. I've seen him. Cars. I've seen him at least over the last four years. I've probably seen him at least a dozen times okay. doing this. And I'll say this in regards to people pooping in public: watch this space. But anyway. Um, so, uh, Natalie's like, oh, Monk, did you step in it? And Monk says, like, like a lot where he's like, did I step in it? I'd be in the ambulance right now going to the hospital waiting for the sweet release right. of death. Um, right. Because the thing that, that Andre's kind of not making clear is the poop is very far away from him and not part of the scene. <laughs> like, it's just... 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot. It's just like, uh, at first I thought this was going to be a super dog-heavy episode. I was like, God damn it, I'm really not looking forward to that. But thank God it ended up not being that. So, so at this point, I'm still like kind of irritated. To, you're not looking forward to Mr. Monk and the dog. No, but I was like going past a little bit, and I saw Mr. Monk gets drunk, and I'm just fucking amped for that. Yeah, we're going to get freaking loaded, man. It's going to be a problem. Oh, uh, dude, that's a good idea. Well, I, th- I know I pitched that to you at least once. Maybe you're yeah, drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta yeah, get. Yeah. You know what the thing is? Because I know they just canceled Drunk History, and I know they always have like a medic on standby. We should get them because they obviously, you know, because I think legally, if you get someone drunk for like a thing, you need to have someone on standby just in case. We need to have people on standby. Um, I'm sure they're in L.A. I'm sure they're in oh, L.A. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so Starmer get, gets Randy, who gets someone else to clean up uh, the poop. By the way, what did you think of Randy's haircut? Oh, that's what I like. Uh, you know, we got season four. Uh, Randy's haircut looks great. He doesn't have the flat top anymore. Uh, Natalie got her ears lowered as well. And uh, yeah, it's a good look. It's uh, fresh. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. I'm honestly yeah. like, I'm like, hell yeah. Well, after four, this baby. season, after this season, we'll be halfway through. Correct. Speaking yeah. of stuff that's not fresh, Marty Eels rolls off in his. Want we'll to talk about a lemon? I mean, yeah, yeah, it was very uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy McGill, uh, yeah. total beater. So, you know, I've never owned a car. Have your worst car you ever had? Did it come anywhere close to Marty Eels's, uh wagon? I've never had a car that was more than three years old. Oh, okay. at the time. Okay. Remy bucks a plenty. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 uh, no. I just rent. I just rent my cars. Like I don't buy cars. Mm-hmm. My next car is going to be, I'm going to buy it. But before that, just renting is easier. Yes. And Stamar tells Monk uh, that Marty Eels is a uh, actually he tells uh, Disher that Marty Eels is a professional pain in the ass. You know Marty comes. Yeah, he's a private f- dick. Yeah, he co- comes up all frumpy. He's got bad tie. You hear that apparently the DA temporarily pulled his license. Yeah, he's got a stain on his sweater. It's just a, it's one of these guys you don't want to be around. No, just like a, just like. There's a line in there's a line in Community where uh, Troy says about the character Garrett, it's like if God spilled a person, and I feel like Marty <laughs> is kind of like that. Yeah, no, it adds up, and you know, after everything we see with him, it's just po- sad existence for our yeah. guy Marty Eels. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, he says he has an extra pair of eyes, and he goes over. He sees that they're gonna throw the poop out, but Mark yep. wants him to bury it, um, and Marty's like, oh, "That's evidence." You know, uh, let me have it. And he smells the poop. Yeah, he brings the bag up to his fucking nose. Yeah, and he says that he, like, speculates what breed it could be. Um, and how long ago it was. Yeah. No, don't wrong. I think that... I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world to say that that piece of poop might be evidence. Because it is relatively close. And also, like, if they... I mean, at the time, they didn't know it. But if they had known, for example, that the bank manager was inseparable from his dog, they probably would have regretted throwing out the poop. Um, right. But... That, yeah, and it's... But the, it's also only a clue because he makes it a clue. Like, yeah, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You, yeah. No one would ever have thought it was. Like, I can see how... It's, I can see simultaneously how no one would have thought to pick it up. But also, once you do make that connection, it's like, yeah, yeah, that is that is a clue. Um, yeah. Anyway. But anyway, we spot a Yorkie across the way in the parking lot. Um, a Yorkie, which is like a Chihuahua, but not. Um, that's rude, but also not untrue. Yeah. Yeah, and, typical uh, lap dog, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and apparently Marty can spot from like a mile away that the tags say he's from Oakland. I mean, excuse me. She's right. The Oakland. color, the color of the tags makes means the dog is registered in Oakland. County. Did not know that was a thing, but you know, do learn something new every day. Yep. And this is where Monk meets Marty, um, and uh, Monk kind of he he started so he gets a little sweats a little bit. Um, yeah, he's definitely shook because uh, Marty seems to be on top of it. Um, in every sense, but on himself, because God, he looks just shit. I'm sorry. I'm, that's the last time I want to mention his physical appearance. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, we can go back to it. I, I will. I have no problem with it. Um, the listeners definitely will because they're nicer than us. But yeah. But basically, you know, he makes a connection that Peggy belonged to the manager, and Marty and Monk kind of simultaneously explain that the manager wasn't involved because he wouldn't have left the dog and. Um, 
you know, he would have, I'm thinking he didn't lock behind him, um, uh, and a couple other things. Um, and then Marty lays down by the body, um, which is, uh, just, just a great work by Jason Alexander. I was thinking he just, his gambits are so funny to watch in my opinion. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he's, he's a great actor. Like he's, he's perfect for this role. Like no doubt about it. Now, what, the funny thing, too, he does a lot of Broadway. He does a lot of theater now. And it is really funny just to see how much more overtime his hair dye needs to work these days. Because now he has, like, the full Mike Krzyzewski jet black hair. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's just, I haven't it's seen him sad. in a while. It's kind of sad. Um, anyway. Uh, so then Marty suggests that they try the train station to see where they dump the manager's car. Because apparently right. the airport would be too busy. Which, once again, all these observations... The thing I like about this is that, except for the when we get to the Eddie Dial bit, he doesn't make any... And a couple other things. But like, everything he does post-hoc, like, afterwards... Yeah. Makes sense. Like, yeah, it yes. does make sense that they would go to a train station instead of the airport. But why would you know that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, I kind of... Uh, be- because of like his reputation, I kind of just felt like he had an inside track on the way a criminal would think. Like yeah. maybe he would have, because uh, he's kind of like in in the realm of uh, private investigators. He's kind of seen as like the ambulance chaser, like mm-hmm. a very unscrupulous. He's the uh, classic take photos of uh, a man and his mistress type thing, or a man and his wife. Yeah, great stuff. Truly, honestly, <laughs> I, I, just before we get to it, that is a great joke. Just because it's something you never would have thought. Like, I've never considered that as a comedy idea, and that's funny. Um, I mean, it's true. I mean, I just, like, why the hell would a guy and his wife get, like, a shitty motel room to go pork in? I don't know, but it also should be the pri- a private investigator should be able to tell that that's what's happening. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. It's, it's his job. Anyway, what it's he right. can tell is happening is that he smells the dog's Peggy's snout and determines that she's been sniffing a sewer. Um, now... My dog, Molly, rest in peace, who I had growing up, I never, like, made a point of smelling her snout, but I can assure you, you couldn't, unless she, like, buried her snout in poop or food, you couldn't tell what she had just smelled, um, just by what smelling What kind of dog? Snout. I had a miniature schnauzer. Huh. And she was very adorable. Um, her name was Molly, like I said, and she lived to, like, 13, um, and she was a very good girl. I cannot emphasize that enough. Um... But yeah, and she, yeah, but shouts she, to uh, Molly. Yeah, shouts to her. She did not. She smelled plenty of things. In, in fact, anyone who walked her would say she smelled too many things. But you couldn't tell what she smelled. So this is kind of ridiculous. But he tells them to look into his, the sewer grates, and the guy, one cop, looks into the sewer grates, and he pulls out two ski masks. And they, there's no mounds around there, so there's only one purpose for these ski masks. Yep. Uh, I actually, I don't know if I still do. I don't know where it is. Because I, you know, just moved back up here, and some of my stuff is, a lot of my stuff is still in boxes because I'm lazy. I do have a pink ski mask that I got in a white elephant gift exchange. Um, What's the difference between a ski mask and a balaclava? Ah, uh, a, a balaclava. I'm not 100 sure what the second thing is. It sounds familiar, but I've never used, I never used the term. I've also uh, never gone skiing, so. Any listeners out there that know yeah. the difference between the two, right yeah. into the show. Yeah, please do. Anyway. Um, we cut to Marty's office, and it looks... The only thing that's surprising about it is that it's spacious and has a storefront. Everything else about it is incredibly obvious. It's disgusting. Yeah, he's even eating, like, fucking noodles that look straight out of, like, a Top Ramen. <laughs> Wherever yeah, he's ordering from, he needs to step up his game. Yeah, it's... And also, it's the morning, too, so you know they're from the night before. Um, uh-huh. I just... Man. Especially he's in San Francisco, too. I don't know a lot about San Francisco, but I know you can get some good noodles there, probably. Oh, yeah, you can. You sure can. Um, and he's on the phone with his mother, which, I'll be honest with you, I speak on the phone with my mother a lot, so I can't judge him that much for this. But I can judge him for making the captain tell, talk to his mom of how good he was. Right. Yeah, he needed that, uh, you know, uh, reassurance. She needed yeah. the reassurance. Yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely an unhealthy relationship. Definitely made me feel more healthy about my relationship to my mother <laughs> watching that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, she mentions offhandedly that she works in quality control for Pacific Coast Airlines, um, which, of course, is uh, important. Um, 
Yeah, but we all, we also didn't mention a little earlier, and it's not oh, that sorry. important because it doesn't mean anything, but yeah. essentially because he's so good at everything, uh, they kind of get suspicious that he might be involved. Right. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I, if I remember correctly, it's actually right here where he's clearing off everything from the seats, and he asks him to sit down, and Monk says, and he says to Monk, please take a seat, and Monk says, I'm not fine, which I think is funny. Um no, I think it was before when he explains why they ask him where he was. The, oh, yeah, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, and so he asks, he's like, am I in the case now? And they're like, well, where were you, Marty? Um, and do you remember where he was? This is where we get to the joke. <laughs> I love where he was. Yeah, he was at the hospital because one of his clients fucked him up, basically, and he thought he had a concussion. Mm-hmm. And the, it was, well, like we mentioned, that he took photos of his client and his wife because his client thought his wife was cheating on him. But it ended. The photos you end up taking were with the wife and the client, um, which the angles like why even if it was a uh, you know uh, whatever the male equivalent of mistresses, um, why would he go into the room? Like why would he bust in? And yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why would the door be unlocked? Great question. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and Monk's, you know, being suspicious. He doesn't believe this Marty Eels for a second. He's just as slithery as his last name suggests, Monk thinks. Um, mm-hmm. And he sees a diploma, which what was it, like Bay Area? Uh, I, don't even, I didn't write it down. Bay Area it was like a like continuing education school or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was a correspondence school. And he yes. makes fun of him for it. And uh, Monk... Which is just a bad look. Yeah, it's a bad look for Monk, honestly. Um, yeah, and he because he like smugly brings up that he went to Berkeley, which yeah. did not know that, did not know that, and I yeah. don't know why you would waste an education going to Berkeley and just become a fucking cop after that. That's a good question. Now, I, I of course, you know, I don't know why you'd waste an education going to New York University and just being a podcast host, but I, everyone makes their own decisions. Okay, come no, on. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I was going to say, speaking from experience of, like, uh, there's no good way. Like speaking of experience, as someone who, when you're in a conversation, a lot of times you will have the best college that is someone in the conversation has gone to. You don't bring up where people went to college because you know that inevitably you're just gonna sound like a dick. Like you just don't. Like I, if someone said like, "Hey, I went to uh, you know, um, I went to Rockland Community College," I wouldn't be like, "Oh, wow, Rockland Community College, great place," because I know they're gonna be like, "Where'd you go to college?" And then I feel like a dick. Um, yeah. But like, shouts to RCC. Uh, my dad got a bunch of credits there. Um, anyway, shouts to University of Arizona and yeah, uh, t- two other community colleges that yeah, I went to. Hey man, they you you graduated just as much as I did, and you know I bet you probably get more money than I do. Um, I was like the Van Wilder of uh, of Tucson, Arizona. Actually, no, that would no. be way worse. I was, sure gonna way say, worse. I was gonna say, yeah, you have <laughs> stiff competition. <laughs> um, anyway, so Monk pulls captain aside and is like he's cheating um but they don't know like how like that's the question now at this point did do you just did you just think he was straight up involved in the case or what what was on your mind yeah no 100 percent. i was just like there's something here i don't know how but i i didn't think he was evil he doesn't come off that way so i thought it would be some inadvertent stuff where somebody wanted him to solve the crime over monk or something like that yeah right right right, right. that's that's where my head was at mm-hmm. But the captain and Monk's conversations cut short because they found the car. And when you know it, it was at one of the train stations that Marty suggested. San Bruno. Yeah, San Bruno. Um, you really could put San in front of any male Spanish name, and I would. I'm not. I don't know if it's a real place in California or not. Like, is San Bruno a real place? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and okay. and more than that, it's definitely at least a train. It's a station off of the oh, bar. Okay. See? The Bay Area Rapid Transport. Hey, Thank you. I, I wasn't actually 100% sure. Thank you very much. I, I, I'm i going to put that in my brain. I love little things like that. Uh, you know. Yeah, uh, like when I would fly, when I would fly to like San Francisco and if I didn't want to take a cab because the San Francisco airport's like fucking, I don't know, 45 minutes out. Yeah. Uh, so you could take the train. That's not a problem. And you definitely take it heading to either Mil- the two stops that they mentioned, Milbrae and San Bruno. Those are two like opposite mm. ends. Yeah, I know the bar. So, I know the bar famously is not good. But the fact is, no public transit in America other than... Here we go. Here we uh, go. No, I mean, seriously, other than the New York subway system, what's a good public transit in America? London's... Oh, in, in America? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that's probably it. Now, by the way, just to, just to, you know, to share some knowledge. So BART is where's the Bay Bay Area uh, Rapid Transportation. Rapid Transportation. Mm-hmm. In case anyone's wondering, the PATH is the Port Authority Trans Hudson. That's the one that goes between New York and New Jersey. Um, big fan of the PATH. Yes. That's actually even better than the New York subway system. Don't tell anyone. Anyway. That show sucked, though. What? That show sucked, though. The PATH? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why. You, I don't even have a Hulu subscription. Anyway, um, so there's then we see Marty and Monk. Basically, like dueling detectives. They're each looking over the scene. Yeah. It's very like Monk Harold Crenshaw esque. Mm-hmm. Yes. I also think the fact that Jason Alexander is so short really helps in this bit because he just yeah. feels like so insignificant and just funny. Yeah. And off on the side, you know, Mrs. Eels, his mom, is giving an interview about him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they go back and forth, they talk a little bit. But then Marty eats some mud. And at this point, it's like, come on. Yeah, he eats some mud. So he, he he well he doesn't. That's not the he full doesn't thing. get he any, also, well no he doesn't get anything from the eating the mud though. That's the thing. He just does it because right does. right right right. And so they like start inspecting the car, and he notices that um there that the map has been used recently, which mm-hmm. you know. Well, first he points indicate. out that the car seat is for someone who's five eleven, but oh, the right. is only five ten, which is nonsense. But yeah, then he sees the map was used recently, which means they're not from around here. Which also a clue. That's a clue. I mean, fair. Yeah, fair. Uh, and uh, and then he goes around, checks out like the the front window, and sees a mosquito, which belongs to some sort of gray bantam mosquito mm-hmm. or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which could have only been off of Route Forty Nine, heading to Livingston or something. Yeah, like Highway Forty Seven to Livingston. Yeah. Which like, f- whatever. It's so stupid. Um, yeah. But the thing is, I, I, I don't mind it because, I mean, I actually don't, I actually like it because that's the point. Like, the point is he needs to find all of these, af, like, explanations of how he could find this information, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah, and it's super funny because, like, um, while this is happening, like, Disher's basically, like, you know, super into the mm-hmm. idea of this guy, like, solving it. And I'm just like, well, I guess he just got desensitized to Monk being mm-hmm. so good that anyone else that can do it is still pretty exciting. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure if Monk did this, like, Disher would just be like, all right, whatever, write yeah, stuff yeah. down, no problem. I think it's because Monk's observations feel much more thought out and, like, less crazy like monk would never look at a bug and then immediately just go this means that they're on highway 47 but i think that that's the way that randy's mind works because randy is usually the one with the dumb like crazy leaps in logic um but anyway they pop the trunk and they see that there's fresh blood so they know that they dumped the body and uh then um they go to search the woods and marty eels makes like the junior senator from the state of massachusetts and says that he's one sixteenth Cherokee, um, and uh, sorry, I I I, I couldn't. No, it's it. totally fine. That's just like a fucking super specific uh, shout out. I mean, there, yeah, I, observation. I, the thing is, anyone could say any anyone could make a joke about someone saying claiming there's one sixteenth Cherokee and say it's like Elizabeth Warren. You tune into this show to hear that joke absolutely ruined because I couldn't help myself from saying junior senator from Massachusetts instead. Anyway, so he makes a, a divining rod because he's one sixteenth Cherokee, and he right. trips. He trips over the body. Um, yeah. And apparently, this body was uh, in his dying moments decided he needed to send a clue to whoever was going to find the body. And what is that clue? I mean, he looks like he's pointing at his watch, and by that, I of course mean it doesn't look like that at all. But he's pointing at his watch. Yeah, uh, which is you know what do you what else do you call a watch? Uh, uh, what, what you, like a dial? Well, no, I guess it, is that yeah. Thing? This is I think this is as big. This is the leap that's too far in my opinion. There's just no uh-huh. way. And uh, I just because it was well, like, have there been any recent? You know, are there any suspects whose names are uh, Casio, Lefty? I was dial? actually really hoping it would be Casio. I was That'd really hoping cool. it would be that. Shout yeah. to, to anyone named Cassio, um, first name or last name. Um, How about Cassius? Cassius? Um, yeah. Yeah, shouts to Cassius Clay. Um, Cassius. Um, or Cassie? Cass- yeah, I had a friend in high school named Cassie. Shouts to her. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to give a blanket shout out to all Cassies, though, because they're probably some problematic Cassies. Just, you know, as a guess. 
No, no problematic. I, I, no, I think is I can just imagine someone named Cassie going on a Facebook live rant about not wanting to wear a mask. So I'm not gonna. Wasn't there a Cassandra, like a famous Greek mythological one that like? Well, of course, Cassandra was the one who uh, saw in um, Troy. She saw it all, like had the premonition of it all coming, and they didn't believe her, which okay. is why being a Cassandra is being like a pessimist. Fake, fake news. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. And Pollyanna was her sister, I believe, who was saw the the wrong prophecies, which were all positive and stuff. So that's why being Pollyanna, she's being too optimistic. Gotcha. Anywho, um, benefits of a ninth grade English education at a public school in Florida that I somehow remember, but uh, I don't remember what I had for breakfast a couple of days ago. No, I'm kidding. I didn't eat breakfast. So, um, uh, when well, we cut back to Natalie's uh, house, and. Monk's in the dumps. He's, he's not yeah. doing right. Um, but little Julie Teager. He's, he's lost. He's lost his mojo, if you will. But who's here to help him get it back? Little Julie Teager. And he's got just the case. I mean, she's got just the case. Yeah. Uh, you know, she apparently was the school photographer for their field trip to I forgot where, mm-hmm. and um, and she can't find her camera. So Monk's on the case. Mm-hmm. Got to find it. And he quickly realizes that one of the plants is in the wrong position because plants usually face towards the sunlight. And he looks behind there, and would you know it, the camera's right behind there. And Monk sees through the charade. Um, you know, he knows they're just trying to motivate him to, to find whatever his gift is and, and yeah. reclaim it. And, you know, that's very nice. I don't know if uh, I can picture Sharona doing the same. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, there's a couple moments in here where... Uh, there's actually a conversation in here where I like I think it crystallized why I like Natalie more than Sharona, but we'll get there. Um, so this is interrupted because Natalie gets a phone call. They found one of the suspects, and Monk is dejected because it's none other than Eddie Dial. Mm-hmm. What a name. Yep. And so he's been interrogated by Stalmeyer and Marty Eels, and they suspect mm-hmm. that uh, – I forget his first name, but Blanchard. Um, Victor. Vic – the dick vic the dick blanchard um they suspected that he is the accomplice and yes stalmeyer is not getting anything out of him because you know he's like i don't know where blanchard is yada 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 but marty you you know what i do like you know what i do like though is that they they come to this conclusion because they were seen you know cavorting together the weekend prior Mm -hmm. which if one of them had just gotten out of prison that's a fucking parole violation right there Mm -hmm. like well yeah throw the fucking book at him yeah i mean it is yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, well, yeah. Actually, I guess it depends if Blanchard is still what what his status is. I don't know if he's still on parole. Either way, one of them, whoever, because the guy had just gotten out of right, jail. Right, like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, like it's, it's honestly in the time of COVID, it really puts it in stark relief. It's like I, there's a lot of friends who I want to see that I haven't seen in forever. You can go, you can go a little bit. You don't have to see your, your good buddy uh, Vic right after you get out of the the bank. Um, anyway. Yeah, no. So. Uh, Eddie asks the questions, and uh, he's like, he's holding the back of his neck to like see if he's lying, and he believes mm-hmm. him that he doesn't know where Blanchard is. And um, uh, we see as is going on, Monk is like dejected, and he sees in the box from Eddie's apartment that there are two plane tickets, which is important. But uh, I just Eddie's... thought about something. But okay, what if Eddie and Vic were? Like, what if they were, like, lovers? I mean... That could be why he came back the next weekend. They got if, two yeah. tickets to Costa Rica? Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, I believe it was another Eddie who once sang, I got two tickets to paradise. Pack your bags, leave tonight. Got the tickets to paradise. <laughs> leave tomorrow. Or, no, wait, what did Michael Scott say again? I don't remember. I just, uh... I, I you know. Pack your bags, we're leaving tomorrow. Or something <laughs> like that. Anyway. Uh, and at this point, Marty is holding his neck and basically pointing at spots on a map, asking if this is where the jewels are buried. Um, and he ends up finding, going to the National Park, and they determined it's right by the water tower. So, uh, if Marty actually could do this, he'd be a very valuable, very valuable asset. Um. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, uh. Monk just is completely beside himself, and he's even more beside himself 
when he's asked to stay back as they go to the national park. Yeah, you know, stop. And you you could tell that he has a hard time, mm-hmm. like taking Monk off. But you know, tells him to grab a seat. You know, hit the bench, mm-hmm. hit the showers. You got the next one though. No worries. Exactly. I mean, you really can't blame. Him. I. It's like, it, what it's like is it's. You like, go with the hot hand. Exactly. I was gonna say it's like if a you know if your fourth starter in your rotation is throwing a no hitter through eight, eight, but you got a dominant closer. I'm sorry, you still gotta ride the starter. He's throwing a no hitter. I mean, no doubt about it, but, you know, unfortunately, our star closer is the guy who we love the most. And also, Number our four pitcher is, has pine tar on the back of his neck. But, yes, I have to, if I yes. can extend the metaphor. Um, yes. And so we go to Dr. Kroger, your, your close personal friend, Charles. Um, ah, man. Love Kroger. I'm, honestly, like, I, like, I'm even more, like, in love with him now that I know that he's not with us anymore. Yeah, rest in peace of standing the camel. Um, and he basically learned through here that they found the jewels and Monk is like, maybe he's better than me. And Kroger gives a very good piece of therapy advice. He tells him something everyone needs to be told. Yeah. It's like, you're not always number one at everything. You know, at some point someone's going to be ahead of you and you need to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And because he gives an example about another psychologist who's better than him. Um, we learned he charges $400 a session. So Monk's not into that. But now yeah. Monk is basically, he wants to quit. He wants to take up a job teaching at Fulton College. Yeah, which, you know, okay, if I'm going to get on Monk, like, mm-hmm. for kink-shaming uh, Jason Alexander's previous education, mm-hmm. like, you don't go f- from that to, if you went to Berkeley, I don't think you want to necessarily go start teaching at a community college, but I guess you got to start somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that's fair. I think that... um yeah, he definitely is. He's definitely setting his sights a little too low. Um, yeah. His world famous detective, Adrian Monk. Um, anyway, uh, we cut to Monk's apartment, and uh, Natalie comes in, and Monk's basically like, You're driving me to Fulton College. Um, and the thing I like here is that I feel like the difference between Sharona and Natalie is Sharona would have been like, um, I'm not driving you there. Get over it. Whereas she's like much more patient with, like, I'm not driving you there. And you need to realize that they're making a mistake. Like I'm, I'm not just gonna yell at you. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Not only that, but she also explains like how he can possibly not get there if he's so yeah. adamant on doing it himself. Like he can't exactly. go over. He can't go over bridges. But good thing he's got a blindfold for going over bridges specifically. Which mm-hmm. but he's yeah, gonna be driving. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. And then they, uh, you know, while he's uh, he's trying to call a rental he calls a rental car because yeah. Yeah, he calls a rental car and he gets put on hold, and so they start like having this back and forth, and she's ex- and they're explaining to each other, and basically it's cut off by the whole the operator coming back and saying, you know, what did she say? That you that there's actually a way to get there that you take the causeway. Oh, you take the causeway. Place. I don't even know what the hell a causeway is, but yeah, a causeway right. is actually like a it's a very low bridge that has to be over like a reservoir or like a low. It's like not a real bridge. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Still, the monks still paid it, but what? Like a freeway overpass? Like that no, thing? not at all. It's very much the opposite in scale. Like very low and very generally small. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean not always small, but I think I think the thing the main thing is it's like it's low over Stillwater. Um, there was one right near my ha- home when I lived in New York in for my first nine years of my life. There was a causeway that went across the reservoir that was like five minutes away from my house. So that, I, it might actually be nothing. My causeway might have been a complete outlier, but I have a very clear idea of what a causeway is because of that. Anyway. Um, so he basically has the Sherlock Holmes moment where he's like, wait, you can hear me. Oh, my God, quality control people exist, you know. Yeah, and they're listening, like, even when you're on hold. Did not know that. I don't know if that's true, but... It is true. What do you think? I mean, they say this call is being recorded for quality monitoring purposes. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so... so um, yeah. yeah, that's why you never say anything um, uh, when you think that you're not being heard. Cause, uh, Fuck. Yeah, I don't think I've ever said anything that I would regret. Because I think I saw this episode early enough in my life where I know uh, you don't. I'm nearly positive I've said a ton of shit, especially if you call like your phone bank. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's not good. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they end up going to Marty's, and Marty is. He's getting his photo shoot taken. 
And why? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, it, not just for any reason. Because he's one of San Francisco's most eligible bachelors. Now, this is where Which the show... I find incredibly hard to believe. Yeah, for a couple reasons. One, because he looks like he does. No offense. But two, because this <laughs> case just happened like yesterday. How is he already one of San Francisco's most eligible bachelors? I guess it was a heavy wedding season. <laughs> on that one day. Yeah. But like... So... I, I get what they're trying to do, but it's like the most famous detective in any city is not a famous person. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. And so Monk comes because he's gonna pop the fucking balloon. He's he's pulling the mm-hmm. he's pulling the curtain back. Mm-hmm. He's he's got him exposed. And I Marty kind of knows this, mm-hmm. so he kind of tells everybody to, you know, mm-hmm. take five. And, you know, he explains that essentially he noticed that the tickets came from Pacific Global Airlines. Something like that. It's some made-up thing, but yeah. And that that is where Marty Eel's mom works for, and apparently she's a quality control person. Yeah. So clearly what must have happened was these two guys, uh, Eddie and Vic, uh, you know, they were calling to book their tickets, and they were discussing all facets of the crime, where they hit everything, like all the details of which stupid mm-hmm. um and so essentially she saw this as an opportunity to uh you know uh bolster uh marty eel's uh fledgling uh private investigation business mm-hmm. so you know yep. good mom but yep. she's also kind of like a uh, horrible person yep so i i mean also i'm gonna walk back that good mom bit because we learn a bit that she's just really terrible to her son in a way that's really unhealthy and a lot of his tendencies are can be attributed almost exclusively to her um but anyway yeah, uh, it's he, a psychological look to it. Yeah, he denies it, and so uh, they leave because they have no proof. No, he doesn't. He does not what? decline it. Well, right. He doesn't Sorry, deny yes, it. He, doesn't he deny admits it, it but he, he says he, that you have no proof. Yeah, you ask. Like, you're a smart man, but you have no proof. Sorry. I guess what I'm trying to do yeah. right. He, what I'm trying to say is that he says, like, you're a smart man, but there's no proof, so get out of here. Because who are they going to believe? The great Marty Eels or yesterday's news is what he says. Um, right. And so they leave, and... Uh, Marty gets a call, and it's not from a client looking for him to uh, do some detecting. It's from your old college roommate, Vic Blanchard, um, mm-hmm. who's got some who's got some news for him. Yeah, <laughs> he's got his mom, and uh, he's gonna smoke her if she doesn't uh, somehow get his hands on the jewels that were uh, uncovered by Marty Eel's detective work. Yeah, that this is just a big ask from Vic. I think he just wants to kill that old lady because, like, there's no way he thinks he's actually gonna get those jewels. Um, unless he's an idiot, which he could right. be. I just want to know, by the yeah. way, this actor who plays Vic is Rossif Sutherland, who is uh, Donald Sutherland's son and Kiefer Sutherland's half brother. You're joking. And I, all I want to say to that is, and this is just this is this is where I'm, I think I think I'm a generally very nice person, but there's certain aspects that I'm oh, tweeting about. But my thought is. If you are in the same field as your dad, your dad's Don Sutherland, and you're in your 30s, and you're only really successful enough to be, like, the small guest star playing a murderer on Monk, do something else. Like, I, I, just do something else. Like, if I, was the, if I was Ray Kroc's son, and I was in the restaurant business, and I was, like, 35, and the best I could do was, like, a, you know, burger stand, I'd do something else. Because, what are you doing? Like, come on. What if, what if you were to find out that he's, like, a stuntman that's used on most episodes of Monk, and they just wanted to give him, like, a quick like, I, oh, cameo? In that case, I take back everything I said. And if he wanted to fight me, I take back everything I said, because he looks bigger than me. Because like, that's exactly, that's true. Oh, he is? look it up on IMDb. No, I'm just he kidding. Is? I made that oh, okay. Phew. No, I made that up. That's, uh, <laughs> anyway. I just really wanted to fucking shut you up. Yeah, I deserve that. Uh, especially because, like, Kiefer Sutherland. I guess the thing is, if, if Donald Sutherland's It's not like Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, anyway, so yeah, Rossif. I mean, being named Rossif really didn't help. But anyway, so he gets the call. He said that if his mother's going to die at 820. And so he goes running out to uh, Monk and uh, Natalie and is like, uh, you know, help me out, please. He said no cops. And this is where we get to the psychological stuff, which I think is bad. He says, my mother made me do this. She said that no one would ever hire a loser like you unless you solve the case. I mean, we're going to have to take him at his word because I didn't hear her ever say something that mean. I think that the thing is the psychological kind of profile I'm building on this woman, which is completely amateur, obviously, is that like, the type of person I'm imagining she is, and I know people like this, would never criticize her son in front of other people 
because it's all about other people thinking he's the best. And you only would ever say it in private. Like, that she's like, you're such a failure. You have to do rest. And then the moment she sets it in motion of him looking good, it's like, oh my god, look at how great he is. Um, and yeah, anyway, he okay, does not, fine. He doesn't have a healthy relationship, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Fair to say. Anyway, um, I just talked a lot, so you can take this next part, um, in case people are tired of my voice. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, what, I mean, I'm gonna, I think, stick to a little earlier in the scene, but essentially Monk agrees to help him out, uh, yeah. you know, cause they don't want cops. And so they start to think like, okay, Monk asks him, Hey, did you notice anything from the call or anything at all? Anything that you can give me to go on? And it just shows you cause Marty seems to be completely like not good at mm-hmm. figuring out crime. So he's like stumbling and, and bumbling and not, not really clear about what he's heard. But eventually he spouts out that he managed to hear. It sounded like it was by the ocean. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's something to work with. Um, secondly, uh, he, man- he mentioned hearing a thud and a clang. A thud which and immediately- a clang. A thud yeah, and a clang. I remember that which, very well. That's a great line. Which immediately to me, I was just like, all right, man. Well, I saw where he called on the payphone earlier. That's definitely the Santa Monica Pier. So I knew we were we were gonna go mm-hmm. we we're gonna go to the pier. We're, we're heading yes. that way. So yeah, they it's they go to the pier because uh, they recognize that that's like the thing that you hit with a hammer and it goes up and it clangs. And yeah, um, a little strength test or whatever. Yep. And so they know they go there. They know she, he's here. And Marty, like a four year old, just is like mom, mom, I'm going mom. Um, and then Natalie is actually the one who makes the who asks the important question: Why eight twenty? Why not eight o'clock? One at eight thirty. Great question. Yeah, and the most convenient sign that you could possibly see. Is I mean, they are the at the beach. High-tided. They are at the beach. They are at the beach. <laughs> Not at fucking Santa Monica Pier. Oh, but okay, that's on. fair. I've never been to Santa Monica Pier. I'm just thinking of like the Jersey Shore and stuff. They definitely would have that listed on like the boardwalk there. Um, but anyway, uh, it's whatever. I it's I think I, I personally I think as a clue it's a really cool clue of eight twenty being. The time that the tide goes to high tide and uh, like that just no yeah. no no yeah yeah I think I think what makes this like so stupid is because where you end up finding mm-hmm. where they end up going to after that is like why the hell would there be a shack underneath the pier anyways that's doesn't a good make question. any sense to me yeah I didn't ask that question I just thought you know it was like whoa this is an action sequence out of nowhere in this episode because they go underneath the pier and there's a like a shack that she's tied up in and Marty. Uh, and Natalie rip open the shack and they save uh, Mrs. Eel's life. Um, yeah, well, while Monk is just cowering away. Yeah. Can't get wet. No, he can't. He's like a gremlin, except instead of multiplying when he gets wet, he uh, has to die. Um, and as <laughs> this is going on, Blanchard's getting arrested by uh, Randy and uh, Leland, who are undercover. Um I mean, I fucking love Randy's yeah. Yeah. Uh, undercover. He's dressed like a vato, like a Hispanic gangster dude with like the plaid shirt, but the only the top button is buttoned with the, that, with the honestly, white shirt. I'm I'm glad that you said it because that's definitely my uh, that was my thought. It's like I I was thinking like he looks like a like a gangster in like a honestly. What he reminds me of, and this is just super specific references. He reminds me of like an the NPCs in the East L.A. area of the Tony Hawk game that you can go through all of L.A. <laughs> like, that's what he really looks like. Like, he's like, what's up, Ski? Yeah, no, like, it's very, like. very stock. Yeah, very stock. But, um, but, okay, but I, so I didn't, I love didn't, the look. but they, they showed, like, an earlier scene mm-hmm. where, like, he's, he's clearly waiting for, um, you know, for the drop to be made. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, it's like a seedy ass place. Was Disher in there dressed up before? And I just didn't notice it until the end. Yes, he was. Okay. Okay. Because I noticed some guy dressed like that. I was just like, "What the hell? What a weird yeah. ass costume." I mean, and it's, then it, yeah. What are you talking about? He's he's a vato. <laughs> That's how he dresses. No, 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 for sure. But like a white dude being a vato. I mean, it happened in blood and blood, whatever. That's, yeah, I think like half the cast white. Um, not really, but a lot of it, I think. Anyway, I've never seen blood and blood out. Um, I'm a bad ally. So anyway, um, they cut back to the pier, and uh, you know, Marty and uh, his mom are together, and they're drying off, and. Like, you know, you actually have to testify at the trial. And she immediately is mad. You told him? Which is why I know that she's not a good mother. Because her immediate reaction is not thank you for saving my life. It's, oh my god, you told him. But, because uh, he figured it I out. I mean, to be fair, like, I, they could be implicated in some sort of, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, she definitely crime. did commit obstruction of justice. Well, I mean, yes. Yeah. Um, they'll probably, like, waive it. Because, you know, 
she's white, but um, <laughs> I'm glad you said. It. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I see. The same way. I'm glad you said they look like a Vado. Um, Thank you. So, uh, but Bonk does something very selfless here, where you know he uh, he he throws a bone to Marty. Yeah, he does. And he just tells him, like, you know, actually, he was the one that came that that basically helped us save your life. Like, he's the one that mm-hmm. figured out the clues, you know, in in the back of the in the background, and mm-hmm. and basically, your son is the reason why you're alive right now, mm-hmm. which is kind of true. It's kind of true. We heard the thud and the clang. Yeah. And then we so, yeah we cut to the end where Marty's giving a press conference. He's getting the key to the city, which geez, they'll give it out to anyone these days. Yeah. Um, and you learn that he's quitting his private detective practice. He's taking a job teaching criminology at, at the FCC. Yup, at the FCC. Great Ajit stuff. Pai, eat your heart out. Oh, wow. I'm so glad to not have to think about that guy again. Just kidding. I haven't thought about him in like two years. Um, Since the John Oliver, like... No, I, I actually, saw him, I actually thought him. about him because I saw him. He was on like the front page of Reddit again. Like a couple weeks ago, that was like after Biden won, it's like we're not gonna have to think about this guy anymore. And it's like no one outside of Reddit have been thinking about this guy. Not saying he hasn't still been doing bad stuff, but it's like bigger fish. Um, anyway, yeah. speaking of bigger fish, what did you give this episode out of ten? I gave it an eight out of ten. Rare time where we split more than 0.5 points. I give this a nine. I love this episode. Wow. I love, okay. I love Marty Eels. I love this whole, I love the way Monk reacts. I mostly just love Marty Eels. I love the clues. I, I, I think that this is just a fun Monk episode. Uh, I love seeing Monk in this situation. Um, and I think it's the rare Monk episode where like, there are, even though I love Monk, Monk doesn't make me laugh a lot. And there are parts of this episode that I think are really funny. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think for me, I think for me, it was like uh, the mechanics of everything. It didn't seem like that crazy to me, so it was just like very vanilla in a mm. way. So I think that's what took away from me. It wasn't like a crazy theory. It was just somebody was overheard on uh, old music or something. That's true. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, let us know what you guys think about this episode or not. I really don't care. But do uh, actually, I do care. I don't know why I said that like that. Um, <laughs> Write in a review and rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, on I was gonna say on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and they're like, wait, those are the same things. Uh, on Spotify, any other place you get it, I actually am not harms the truff top of my head everywhere that you can get it. Um, but uh, working, you follow you on Twitter, Andre. I'm completely lost. We got let's get out of here. Um, it's at Andre Barrera. And you can follow the show at Strictly Munkin. You can follow me at the J Christie. Um, and yeah, like I said, I already said this spiel about review subscribe. So what that means is now we're taking off uh, the end of this week because of Thanksgiving. Um, so have a great Thanksgiving, guys. Stay safe. Uh, you know, um, don't go to a big event with a lot of elderly people if you can help it. And tune in next Tuesday as we cover, as we do what you shouldn't be doing this week. As we cover, Mr. Monk goes home again. Man, it's a Halloween episode, baby. Let's go, Monk. Okay.